Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Andy. And before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about RebateJet.com. What is RebateJet? Well, it's a piece of software that I created that will help Amazon sellers get their products noticed. You can launch with promo codes, rebates. Not only that, but you can list your product for free on the RebateJet third-party marketplace. You don't pay a single penny unless you make a sale. And when you do, it's only a $1 flat fee per product. Try it today, RebateJet.com. Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott with... Amy Wees. And this is the Seller Roundtable. We are super stoked, excited, very, very happy to have the myth, the man, the legend, Dan Martell on. He is an entrepreneur, a coach, an Ironman. A dog owner, a dad, and what else? What else am I missing, Dan? Oh, uh, passionate snowboarder, philanthropist, uh, brother. I try to be best friends to as many people as possible. Like, I, uh, yeah, man, I'm just trying to live life. Uh, oh, and, and snow biker, right? My, uh, you, you had a video I was flipping through, I was flipping through videos one day and, and one of one of you riding came up and my, my oldest, who's 10 years old is a like super avid dirt biker. And he saw that and his, his jaw literally, literally dropped. And he was like, what is that? So we're going to, we're going to have to check that out. I'm, I'm going to let him get a little older though. Cause I'm terrified that he'll hurt himself. Cause he's, uh, if you he's let him on a dirt head. bike, snow biking is way safer. All right. Well, that's good to know. Okay. Good to know. Because so, of the padding uh, or Be- no, never- because of the snow, like it, it, everybody search timber sled online. You'll see what these machines look like. They look like as if the devil created a, a motorbike, <laughs> right? It's they're, they're gnarly looking, but you're in deep powder. And like the consequence for me, like I cannot ride a dirt bike. Cause you can go from like zero to out of control in about four seconds. And, uh, but with the snow bike, like it's just, it's flowy and, launching cliffs and powder drops and it's just it's one of my favorite things like it'd be a toss-up if you made me pick between like wake surfing or snow biking i'd be like oh don't know which one all right well i'm gonna gonna have to give that (laughs) i'm gonna have to green light him on that one uh my son the first time he went snowboarding went down a black diamond uh, on his own uh by mistake and like did great so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess we'll green like that. So Dan, the, one of the, one of the things I, I really kind of love about your journey is your, your kind of early story on, on how you kind of came from, from some, some hard knocks and some, some tough times and really kind of, uh, uh, I, I guess you would say you, you sharpen the stone in terms of, you know, start out a little rough and, and just kind of kept buffing it. Uh, tell people your, your early story and, and how those kind of trials and tribulations kind of made you where you are today. Yeah. I mean, like I, I grew up in, it's kind of funny. Cause like, it's more the feeling I had a lot of people have different background stories, but you know, I'm, I'm second oldest of four. My mom was an alcoholic. She grew up, you know, fought, uh, adopted to two alcoholic parents, my grandparents and like my dad, same thing. Both his parents were alcoholics and like, he had that in his environment and just like, you know, I got diagnosed with ADHD when I was 11 kind of started telling myself that I was broken, you know, like really didn't have a lot of self-worth and started acting out and like anger issues and like just uncontrollable rage sometimes. And, uh, you know, my parents went, we went to therapy, like they, you know, they put me on Ritalin and I just was 
always troubled. You know, I got taken out of my home the first time when I was 12, just cause I was like, just crazy. I was just like full of anger and rage. I got put into like crisis centers and group homes and, you know, and then I got introduced to drugs when I was like 13. And then I just like went all in, you know, I have kind of a addictive personality and, uh, ended up in trouble with the law a few times, quite a few times, probation, shoplifting, et cetera, hanging around with the wrong people. And kind of my life spiraled out of control to a point when I was 16, I was, um, I was, I was drunk and high in a stolen car and, uh, I had a handgun in a, in a bag sitting next to me. And when I stole the car, the cops were looking for me. And I just told myself that if they catch me, I'm just going to point the gun and let them take my life and ended up on this highway heading the wrong direction. So I wasn't very clever and took a, took a exit to get some gas. And there was a routine roadblock checking driver's license and insurance. And, you know, I lied to the cops, told them it was my mom's car and they asked me to pull over and I just gunned it and just took off. Ended up in this neighborhood kind of ahead of the cops actually. And then I found like this open garage door and thought, you know, maybe I watched too many action movies. If I could like hide in that door and like close the garage and get away or whatever. And I ended up smashing into the corner of the house because I was coming away too fast. And by the time I came through, I like immediately went for the gun. It was just like, all right. And I like was pulling on it and somehow it got stuck in the like, the string and the cover of the top of the backpack and like the, the armrest. And like, I just kept pulling on it and pulling on it. And before I knew it, the police opened the door and just un- unbuckled me and grabbed me. I wasn't buckled. What am I talking about? They just grabbed me and threw me in the back of the cop car. And, um, I woke up the next morning sober, just couldn't believe I was still alive and just realized like, maybe there's somebody in a higher power looking out for me. And that was the beginning of a, a crazy journey. I ended up doing six months in prison, um, due to the severity of my crimes. And it hadn't been the first time I, I actually went a year prior. And, um, after six months of like trying to show that I was serious about getting clean and changing my life, they, um, they allowed me to go to a place called Portage, which is a therapeutic community, a rehab center but it was like a live-in and I I ended up doing 11 months of therapy. So like I was, I had some demons, man. I had some trauma and some messed up issues, you know, relationships. And, but that was, that was a place where I like did a ton of personal development. I didn't call it that. Then it was like, you know, anger management meetings and feelings development and like, you know um, you know, reconciling, you know, relationships with my parents and trust with my brothers and sisters and like learning some new habits. And at the end of that program, I actually, and it all ties back to my new book and kind of what do I do today? But at the end of that program is helping Rick, the maintenance guy, clean out one of the camps because it was built on an old church camp. And uh, there's this cabin that we'd never been in and it was full of stuff and we're taking it out. And in one of the rooms was this old 486 computer and a book on Java programming, this yellow book sitting right next to it. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. And I like opened up the book and it read like English. And I was like, Oh, I always thought computer pro I never touched a computer, but I just assumed it was like super scientific math equations. And it's like, if this, then that. And I was like, Oh, weird. So I started the computer and kind of followed chapter one. And within 20 minutes, I got the computer to say, hello world. And I thought, Holy shit, man, maybe like, maybe I'm a undiscovered computer genius. Like that's, that's how crazy like that moment was for me. I was like, and and, uh, it was not based on any sound logic or like any, like, but that it didn't matter. Like I literally was like, Oh, maybe I'm messed up in other parts of my brain, but this is the thing I'm really good at. And I just never knew that. So 
I just believed this and I just, it became my new addiction, man. I can't even explain it. Like I, I became so obsessed with writing code and there was this aspect of like writing software that, that felt, you know, um, predictable. Like I had grown up in so much uncertainty and chaos that like this, like work of creating something that would always run as long as like I created it right. It would just always run, just felt like really therapeutic for me. And I got out, it was 1997. And, um, I quickly discovered this thing called the internet and, uh, it turned out to be kind of a big deal and timing divine intervention. I don't know. Like it, it, it was all I did. I literally became obsessed with learning every internet programming language, every database structure, every architecture thing started several companies. A lot of them failed, but then today, you know, looking back for people that are, that may not know kind of what I do today, but I like I've built and exited several software companies. I became a multimillionaire when I was 28. So my first company, Spheric Technologies, and then, you know, subsequently that went to Silicon Valley, built two venture back companies, Flowtown and Clarity. Um, I'm an investor in 50 plus software companies, Udemy, Hootsuite, billion dollar companies. Um, today I run the largest software as a service coaching program, as you know, Andy. Um, for SaaS CEOs. And then I also have high speed ventures, which is like my personal kind of like a holdings investment vehicle. It's like my family office for kind of uh, multiplying my wealth. And that's just like two things I do. I'm the CEO of two eight figure companies. And then I also, as you mentioned, run Ironmans. I did three this year, full distance and two halves. I, you know, charge hard at life. I try to show up in the most powerful way as I can and uh, be a great example for my family. And for all the kids that were just like me paying attention. Cause you know, working with at-risk youth is a big part of my life. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, so you definitely, uh, you, you spent some time in, in, uh, Kona where I grew up, which is, uh, an amazing place, but I was never, uh, <laughs> never, never could do, I'd watch all the people run by and be like, Holy crap. Right. So, uh, cheers, kudos to you for doing that. That's, that's hardcore. Um, a few things I want to touch on that I think is kind of interesting. One is addictive personality and personal development, right? Um, I think a lot of people, you know, grow up with parents who have, you know, addictions, you know, as parents, that, that's always a struggle in terms of, you know, trying to model, uh, what's right to your kids. Um, but I, I think that what you figured out early on that I think a lot of people need to figure out is with the addictive personality thing is you can be addicted to whatever you want, right? So you can be addicted to drinking or you can be addicted to working out or you can be addicted to meditation or, you know, all these things that if you're addicted to are not necessarily a bad thing. So I think that you figured that out really early on. The other thing I think you figured out early on with as hard as, as probably all of those things were is that personal development, right? So that that's um, ability to uh, go inside and see that like, okay, here's the issues that I have going on. I have to solve this before anything else in my life is going to work. Um, the other thing is that you share that story. A lot of people would be like, you know, like not wanting to share that story. A lot of people don't want to share their failures. A lot of people don't want to share, you know, the stuff that they're going through. And I think that's some of the stuff we need to share the most because so many other people are kind of in the closet with having all these kinds of issues and not being able to share them, confront them, even with some of their, you know, some of their people. So, um, well, well let me share this, that. Andy, I, I appreciate it. But what a lot of people don't realize is for 15 years. Okay. Till I was, what would that be? 17. So three 32 until I was 32 years old. And I'd already at that point 
you know, exited two companies, right? For, for a lot of people consider it successful. And I never shared that story, dude. My wife didn't even know. Okay. And she was pregnant. What happened was, is my buddy, Jason Gaynard, he has this event called mastermind talks or MMT today, but this was the very first MMT, you know, eight years ago or nine years ago, whenever it started. And what happened is I was supposed to do a talk on like work-life balance and uh, the morning of my talk, which was in the afternoon, he goes, Hey, I just want you to know, Dan, um, whoever wins best talk as voted by the audience, um, will get a $25,000 donation to the charity of their choice. And for me, that was portage the rehab center that saved my life. And I, I remember as soon as he said that I went, well, you know, this is, I mean, Tim Ferriss, Mark echo, like the line, the speaker lineup was crazy. And I just was like, there's no way I'm going to win this unless I share something absolutely like raw. And I left the event at 11, went to my hotel room, sat down, sketched a draft version that honestly, it was embarrassing in hindsight. But what was true is when I went on stage, um, my wife pulls me aside before I go up and she goes, Hey Dan, I got a surprise. I was like, what's that? She goes, my parents are in town. They wanted to come surprise you and watch your talk. And I was like, um, can you do me a favor and just ask them to like have time and stick around? And she's like, why I go, I'm going to share something I haven't shared with you or anybody. And I think they're probably going to want to talk, talk afterwards. She's like, what are you going to talk about? And I was like, I just need to go do this. Let, let me do this. Right. And it's cool parts like recorded. And, um, and I just went up there and just like poured my soul out there and shared and even deeper levels of like a few stories about like foster care and like, you know, getting in a fight in prison and putting in the hole and like, just like the emotional challenges that, that, be, that became the foundation for who I was, right? Like rock bottom, you know, you've heard a lot of people heard this is a great foundation for a comeback story. So, um, dude, I didn't win. Now that would have made the story just the best, right? <laughs> I came in second. I know. I always say like, Jason, you, you should have let me give you 25 grand so that I could honestly say that I won 25 grand just to make the story better. But uh, my buddy, Joey Coleman, um, I mean, he's just a world-class speaker. He won. I came in second, but that was the, even though as scared as I was, that was, and like, dude, I was, I was shaking like, but when I came off stage, you know, Tim Ferriss comes up to me and he goes, you know, we'd known each other uh, through the San Francisco network. And he goes, I've never seen anybody share with that much honesty. And he goes, it's really great to know who you really are. And I was like, wow. Like, and then this other guy, Cameron Harold comes up to me. He's like, he goes that Dan, that's, that's the kind of stuff I like to know about people. And I appreciate you sharing that with me. And then I had other people that pulled me aside and said, Hey man, I, I can't, I, I don't want, please keep this between us and then share their version, right? The drinking and driving, the, you know, went to prison for two years. Like nobody knew I'm the first person they ever told because I shared. And I just, I just remember thinking to myself, like, I want to connect with people like that. And if it requires me to go first and to be vulnerable and like pour, pour myself out there as, as awkward as it is, is. And like, I was so scared. I was like, what if my investors find out? And like, what are my friends going to think? And like, you know, so I just share that. Cause I think a lot of people are, are fearful and scared. And I was for 15 years and I will tell you, and it wasn't without repercussions. The other thing is I was working on a U.S. visa and I got denied because I have a criminal record, even though I don't have a record, but because I have a public story of me telling the story of breaking the law, when I filled out the visa application, it has a checkbox. It says, have you ever created, uh, you know, have you ever uh, had a, cr a crime? Do you ever like do a crime? I had to put yes, which meant I needed to go get a pardon. Dude, it took me 
an extra $50,000 in legal fees and uh, psychiatric assessments and letters of recommendation to, to overcome that. So like it wasn't with downside, I'm sure, but the upside upside was like a thousand times better. So like, I appreciate you sharing that, but yeah, just to be honest, it took 15 years. No, no, no. But, but that's still, I mean, to me, better late than never. Right. There's a lot of people that, that will never share that will go to their deathbed with stuff that they don't share. So, um, thank you for sharing that. Like I said, I, I feel like when people do that, it gives other people permission, exactly like you said, to be like, Oh shit, that happened to me too. And you know, it, it kind of gives them permission. So, uh, I, I really appreciate that you, uh, that you share that. Um, Yes. The other thing is, is, is Canadians, right? It's you guys are dangerous. So it doesn't, uh, so dangerous, it doesn't surprise man. me. It doesn't surprise me that you had to go through all the, didn't hurt my feelings. I got it. You know, we're stone, <laughs> stone cold killers. You look at me and you're like, that guy's, that guy's sketchy. I get it. It's my Absolutely. fault. And I want to know, was it worth it? A hundred percent. hundred percent. I love that. I, I love, you know, how vulnerable and raw, you know, you can be in sharing everything because it's, it really reminds people that, you know, we are all people, we are all humans. And, you know, so much of, of us put a certain portrait out there to the public, but we aren't really sharing who we truly are. And that's, that's just such a beautiful thing. So shifting over to, um, to systems, you know, mm. Andy, Andy here is the one who introduced me to the great Dan Rotel. We came to one of your SAS masterminds in, um, in, I think we were in Atlanta, Georgia at the time. Atlanta. Yeah. That was in <laughs> February, 2019, right before COVID. Man, you have a good memory. Yes. I, know, was- I, I, I do new cities for all my events so I can kind of anchor. Oh, that's so smart. Well, you you know, I love systems. I spent a long time in the military, um, you know, doing operations and I absolutely love systems, but I loved so much the way that you broke down systems and you made systems easy. You really simplified them the way you had us drawing the triangle and breaking things down and making things simple. So I would just love to ask you for our audience who are intimidated by systems, what are systems and how can they help your business grow? Yeah. So like what happened was, is like, I, software became the addiction that got me focused on a completely different, like area and skill set and and career and all that stuff. But taking that to the business world and like now understanding, well, what's the equivalent of code in a business, right? It turns out it's, it's what a lot of people call SOP standard operating procedures, but I call them playbooks in my book, uh, buy back your time. So the, the playbooks and I, and I honestly, I got to give credit to the godfather of this, which is Michael Gerber. He wrote the book, the e-myth, you know, there's the checklist manifesto, there's work, the system by Sam Carpenter. There's like, I've studied all the greats, but, um, for me, you know, there's a point where, you know, million dollar companies are not built on $10 tasks. It's just impossible. Like you just don't have enough hours in, in, in the day. So you have to hire people to help you and without creating a system and, and it's a skill set to document and create these systems, you won't be able to comfortably feel that somebody else can execute the thing that you're asking them to do at your level, right? Without a checklist, without some, some, some structure and maybe some training, um, it can feel super nerve wracking. Like the, the, the delegation can cause more anxiety and mental anguish than actually the time saved for a lot of people. And that's why 
a lot of people just say, well, I'll just do this myself. Right. But it's, again, it's, it's, if you want more, you got to become more. So you have to learn how this works. And for me, it's, it's just as simple as a checklist, right? If I was to sit down and teach somebody how to, you know, clean my office or process my emails, I would just make a checklist of what I'm doing. Right. And then, you know, and in my book, I actually teach this process. I think it's even easier than that, which is called the camcorder method where I record myself. And like in today's world, every one of my meetings on zoom are recorded and they're cataloged and different meetings get cataloged for different things. But a lot of them is because they become training for the person that I hire to take over that area of my life. Right. So like when I'm doing things like social media publishing, like I, anything you see me on social media doing, and like, I'm all over TikTok, half a million followers, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I did it all myself and then created these SOPs, just writing down what I was doing. So like Monday I would publish and it would take me five hours. I literally would start at eight in the morning and it would take me five hours to like do it all, right? Write the copy, write the email, write the thing, schedule this, do that, publish, upload, blah, 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 like all over, you know? And um, the only thing I wasn't doing that was just editing. I was least smart enough to buy back that time. But within two months, I had a documented process that I could give to my, at the time, executive assistant, and she could execute it. And all of a sudden I got six hours of my day back. And it wasn't like, there's nothing sophisticated about that, but there is, there is like some art to it. Like I, and, and I would say art science, right? One of my favorite books on the topic, if, if people are listening and they're like super system nerds, it's, it's called the goal by Elad Goldsmith. I think it's called his name. And uh, it's one of three books that Jeff Bezos from Amazon recommends to every one of his executives or directors or leaders. Right. And it's, and it's all about understanding how systems work. Right. And it's, it's based on this like fable of this guy that takes over the management of a manufacturing shop and like how to like get more throughput. And like, I like it because you know, my software background gives me an unfair advantage. Cause if you think of like database architecture, if anybody's familiar with it, it's like, you're creating the data structure to then map to the object model that then maps to the front end interface. And if all that sounds like Chinese, I'm sorry, but that's, but because I've learned how to do that and decouple things, then when I sit down to create systems, I'm like, okay, this is the checklist, but these are the ingredients. So this needs to be done. This is more creative work. This is procedural work this stuff requires a specialist. This requires a generalist. And like, I have just this like sixth sense for how I do it. And I, and I try to teach it as much as I can in in one chapter in the book, but it's through systems and creating repeatability that you can actually scale. And that's when you create a business that's actually an asset and not just a job, right? For a lot of people, their business is just a, and, and for most entrepreneurs, a very low paying job for the amount of hours they pay, they work. And I love how you are putting it into your own language in the way that you've explained it. So, you know, you talked about the E-Myth. I love that book. Uh, You talked about a a lot of great books, people who who came before your book that, you know, that have done this. But you're the key, I think, of what you said, if I take anything away from it, is that you put it into a language that made sense for you, where, you know, you understood the language of software, you understood programming. And so, you know, if then, hey, we're making that happen, right? Um, But I think that's what every entrepreneur has to do is put it in to their own language and keep it simple. And that's what you taught us at your mastermind is like, be able to explain it. And here's some structure that you can put it within. Right. And, um, I think that that can help 
reduce the amount of anxiety that somebody might have around a system. But yeah, you're so right. It it really does. It can change everything if you if you can do it yourself and then outsource it after that but at the same time put it into your own language and keep it simple right yeah and and i follow it like i'm also like i create the procedure and then i use it when i'm doing it like these are some of my core cultural beliefs and principles even amongst my team like if there's a procedure that exists for the thing you're doing and you don't have it open that's that's against the the culture of our company um the the thing and what i love like even, even your experience with me, like teaching from stage, like that was, you know, I'm a big fan of just like paying for the blueprint. You know, like I hired an e-myth coach when I was 23, almost 24 before I started my third company, which is the finally the one that succeeded. And I was paying 1500 bucks a month for a business coach when I, I didn't even have a business idea because I just had failed twice. I was like, okay, I'm willing to do the work. So it's not like a work ethic problem. It's a, I clearly don't know what I'm doing. And I want to move fast. So I like read the e-myth and I was like, okay, that is something I was not doing. Let me find somebody who can help me. I got a coach, this guy named Bob. And, um, and what happened for me is like, I just started building this like feedback loop on like how to move faster and coaching. Like you talk about like me on stage, like I hired a coach to teach me how to do that. Like there's actual, like a thing called adult learning theory and, and, and how to use, you know, drawings to draw people in and communicate information. And, you know, these tests of like, can the person walk away and teach what you just taught them to somebody else? And like, at what, what level of uh, comprehension and, you know, like what are the different components of a great training module? And like, so even though, you know, I appreciate the praises. I like it's, I'm a remix of everybody that went before me. I'm just like, super no ego teach me. That's key though, is to, you know, to seek out mentors. And then, you know, I just got back from a Tony Robbins event and he teaches a success formula where he's like, you just need a recipe, right? You need a recipe for success. And so he talks about how he hired all these different coaches over the years. And he was just a sponge of information. He learned from as many books as he could, and he took different things that made sense for him. So I love it. I think it's, it's awesome. I'm actually a big TR fan. I'm actually heading, or I, I just got back from date with destiny. Um, Oh, I'm actually doing that starting Friday. So, (laughs) okay. Well, I'm going to that one, but this is only getting published then. So you and I are in the same wavelength. Yes, Yes, I'll be there. I'm actually going to be in studio and is like $20 million studio, which is going to be nuts. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I'll look for you. (laughs) Okay. So, so Dan, in, 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 uh, in the book you talk about, and this follows right with what you were, you know, what, what you're talking about right now is, uh, you know, your, your learn, do teach, right? So, um, I think that's, that, that's amazing in the fact that, like you said, well, I stole it from a bunch of people, but that's how you get to the next level, right? You see what, what people before you have done, at least the, the people who actually get somewhere, you see what, what, have, what's been done before you, you, you see what, what they did right and what they did wrong. And then you, you iterate, right? So, um, I think that's an amazing principle to, to go by, um, Eric Thomas, who's another, you know, amazing speaker. If you guys don't know who Eric Thomas is, ET you know, the hip hop preacher, Eric Thomas. Uh, oh man. I love him. He, if I want to get like best. hyped up, cause he, he screams a lot. Right. So if I want to get hyped up, yeah. I put him on in the car, like on the way to the gym or whatever. But, um, he always says, you know, rich people don't waste time. Uh, they know that it's their most important uh, commodity, right? So I feel like buy back your time 
definitely kind of, it's like an exact perfect match for that mantra in terms of, you know, if you're doing $10 an hour tasks, you know, you can only get so far. It's funny because, um, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for a very long time. I failed a ton. I know what not to do a lot more probably than what to do. (laughs) And my wife is, is becoming a very, uh, uh, amazing real estate agent, but she's starting to build teams and do things like that. And it's funny because she'll come to me and I'll be like, Oh, you should be doing this, this, and this. And she'll like, ah, you know, kind of fights me a little bit and then kind of sees like, Oh, okay, that's good. But then she does it her own way. Right. She sees kind of takes the input. She's been watching a lot of you actually lately. So takes a lot of that input and then, and then implements it. So, uh, you know, we only have, you know, an hour here, but what are some of the main points that you can drive home in terms of, you know, I'm Joe Schmo. I just started my, um, ice cream truck business and, you know, I really want to know, you know, I I have a line down the corner and I don't know what to do next. I'm getting home at 10 o'clock at night. I'm exhausted. My kids are pulling at my, my, the dog needs to be fed. Dinner needs to be made. Like what, what kind of things can people learn from the book that, that are going to be invaluable? Yeah. I mean, I start off the book, you know, not only sharing stories, but like what I realized I had to attack the mindsets and the beliefs, right? You talked about like rich people understand the value of their time. Well, it's because they have a belief that they're worthy of that. A lot of people don't feel worthy. That worthiness is at the core of like them not moving forward in any of these ideas in the book, right? Like having somebody help you clean your house to meal prep and all this stuff. It's like, they just, I can do that. And they just don't have a lot of self-worth. If you, so if let's just assume that like some of those beliefs were, you know, overcome the tactical stuff I teach that I think is unique is one, the buyback rate, like helping people understand what is your hour actually worth in your current business. Okay. What I call the buyback rate. And then once you know that, then go do a time and energy audit. Right. Cause I believe that like, you know, I want to help people, you know, build businesses they don't grow to hate, which is what happens. Most people grow a business and then they hit this thing called the pain line. And that pain line, you know, they'll either decide to sell, sell, stall or sabotage, right? They'll either, you know, sabotage yourself smaller. So, cause they can handle that. It hurts less or they can like stall, but they're not really stalling because their customers want more. Their team wants more. So like they think they're stalling, but they're just eventually failing or sell because it's like, Oh, the grass is greener. I'm going to sell this company and go to this other thing. But like, they're the problem. Like somebody in your business has made this work. So if that's true, then it can work. You just haven't figured it out. So once you understand the buyback rate and you have the time and energy audit, um, you now can like select all the tasks that are low dollar tasks for somebody else to support you on that suck your energy. And that creates this bucket of stuff that you now have to learn the skill, what I call in the buyback loop, which is audit, transfer, and fill. Audit your time, which is time and energy audit. Transfer is understanding some of these strategies. Like Amy, you mentioned, you know, the, the, the uh, playbooks and like, I teach this framework called the camcorder method and the course and the checklist and the cadence. And like, so there's that. And then, and then honestly, even just Phil, right. Andy, it's like, imagine I said to the people listening, like, okay, poof, magically, you got two days extra a week. Thursday, Friday is free. You don't have to work. You've got somebody else doing that stuff. What do you do at your time? They wouldn't know. That's the truth. I'll tell you what they'll do. Cause I've seen them do it over and over. They'll call their friends, go for lunch, get a, get on Netflix, drag their feet, go to the gym late, you know, like approach their day with zero sense of urgency, right? Like I want to teach people to approach their day as if they were flying out the next day. Most people are the most productive the day before they have to travel. Okay. 
it's a forcing function. So you just got to figure out how to create that sense of movement. Um, and the fill part, which I think is like, hopefully should inspire people. It's, it's one of four things. You're either doing more of the thing in your business that makes you the most money. And if you have an ice cream truck, uh, maybe it's selling ice cream, right? Or maybe it's partnering or finding other opportunities to sell more ice cream. Maybe it's, it's doing a retail deal. It may not be selling more ice cream. You might be at capacity. So it's like, okay, buy back your time from making the ice cream. And then now all of a sudden you get that time back, go fill it with things that are going to make you more money. We'll go to the local grocery store to see if you can get your ice cream in pint size in their, their, their displays. And then if it's not that, then it's skill. Okay. What, what skill? So here's where I'm at. Here's this future I want to attain. What's the gap in skill that I currently don't have that would be required to achieve that. Most people don't realize that they're just not capable to handle the level of complexity that that future state is going to bring. Right. And you see this all the time with like lottery winners and sports athletes, like poof, you now have $10 million in bank account. They have not acquired the skill to manage that level of wealth. And with that in two or three years, it is gone magically every time. And they go like, how did that happen? It's because you, you try to skip levels. Right. So it's like, building those skills. Third is mindset and beliefs, right? Like how do we feed our mind and our belief sets and like really work on that trauma and, and our default response. I have a whole chapter in the book called the uh, five time assassins, because I realized like entrepreneurs, even if they don't buy back time, if they just stop doing these five time assassins, they'll actually get more time. So I, I wanted to start by telling you how to get time without spending a dollar and teach you how to fill it. And then if you start to do that, you should trust me to then actually deploy some real money. And then the fourth one is relationships, right? Like at the end of the day, if I've got extra time in my calendar, I should ask myself this future place I want to get to, what are the relationships I would probably need to have to make that journey enjoyable and easier and start today to invest in those relationships. And if you're an introvert and you're like, I don't want to, you know, go in person and to events, Hey, start with Twitter, start with Instagram, start with whatever. I mean, I've built relationships with people that left comments on my YouTube videos or sent me emails or whatever. Like you can, the author that wrote the first book I ever read, Tim Sanders, we were email friends for 10 years. Okay. And he helped me out and gave me guidance and all these things. So like relationships is a big area. And if you do that and you keep trading it's these time trades, that's how you buy back your time and create the more you grow, the more your life gets better, not harder. Right. And, and, and you don't end up hitting the pain line. And that's like my, the, the mission I'm on the movement I'm trying to create in the world is I want to help more entrepreneurs create their art. I want them to do more in the world. And that's why the subtitle of the books, you know, and build your empire, right? Get unstuck, reclaim your freedom and build your empire. I actually want to encourage people to not four hour work week it, but like learn this stuff so that you have more capacity to give. Yeah. I love that. So one of the, uh, one of the things that, um, I, I kind of was thinking about as you're, as you're talking is you're saying, you know, if, if you're flying out the next day that you, you get things done, what I've figured out is on my calendar, if I'm like back to back to back to back to back stacked, right? Like if I have something to do with every minute of every day, um, I'm getting things done, right? Because it's just, you, you have intention. You, you're, you're starting out the day with, with intention. Um, and those days where I have these kind of gaps, I'm, you know, like you said, I, I get distracted and I just kind of float off. It's unintentional. It's not like the, I don't have these goals that I'm setting. Um, 
Um, and it's very similar to, I think it's called Parkinson's law, right? Where it's like in your, in your bank accounts, like if you leave a bunch of money in there, you're going to spend it. Or if, you know, if you peel some off and like put it in a different account, you're not looking at it, stock account, whatever, you know, you're, you're going to use, uh, what's there or what's not there. So, so that's, uh, absolutely, uh, spot on the other kind of mantra, you know, I, I've been following you for quite a long time is JFDI, right? Can you kind of tell people what that is and how, I think that it can be a blessing and a curse, right? Because if you're not intentional, once again, with that, you, you got to have, you know, you got to, you got, you got to do some aiming before you just fire. So can you talk about that and how that's kind of driven uh, your success and, and kind of the mantra of, of what you do every day? Yeah. Like, so on my McLaren, my license plate says JFDI. Okay. And it's a reminder because it's so important to my life in my manifesto. It's in the bottom right corner. Like JFDI is, is kind of like this philosophy I created because a long time ago, I had a friend of mine, I was in my twenties. He said, Dan, you know, what's different about you? I said, what's that? His name was Gare. He goes, you have no, uh, what he called knowing doing gap. So what do you mean? He goes, when you know something, he said, I teach you something and you go, Oh, got it. And then you just like, you stop talking to me and you run away and then I'll, I'll meet you a week later and you're like, Hey, thanks for that thing. And here's what it's doing in my business. He goes, you know, I tell this stuff to people all the time and they don't do anything with it. And he goes, that's very unique about you. And I was like, Oh, well, I just don't have time to waste. And it sounds like a good idea. I'm going to do stuff. And like the whole idea of like shooting. And then, and then I read uh, good to great by Jim Collins and, you know, in it, he talks about shooting bullets and then cannons. And it's like, for me, that's my philosophy. It's like, you know, if anything, I had to learn to create a methodology for filtering ideas. And I actually teach it. It's called rice. And it, it's a simple scoring system for reach impact, confidence, and ease. Um, because if not, then I can be too quick because I have such, I have a team of hundred people. So like, I can be really like disruptive, you know, where I'm like shooting from the hip and like, get this idea, call this person. And you know, they're busy on like quarterly rocks. And I'm like, go do this. And they're like, Oh, the CEO just called, like I'm supposed to do this. And then the manager calls me or the, and I'm just like, okay, I gotta stop doing that. So, so using, I had to like protect my team from me, but that is a hundred percent. One of the things that I think a lot of people lack is just taking action. Right. And like in the book, I actually teach this framework called the perfect week. Cause you talked about it and you said, when my day is back to back, I get so much done. Well, what I do is I design this framework to say, if this, this block of things, themes, thematics, uh, reoccurring meetings and structure happens, then I, I, that was an awesome week. Right. And, and it has, you know, Tuesday nights, my night off, right. Hang out with the boys, Thursday night, state night, you know, work out at the gym every day, like kid, kid days and family and one-on-ones and all these things and business stuff and strategic thinking and like meditation and all. So it's like, if this happens, then, then I won. So it's like, I don't, I know myself. So because of that, like all the structure people see, if you follow me for a while, Andy, I almost have to do it. Or I would be like the other night we were, we had a dinner with a bunch of, uh, homeless people is what most people call them. We call them the unhoused right in our community. Um, big part of my wife and I is kind of like, um, philanthropic work and just like, you know, being involved. And a long time ago, man, I was talking to a friend of mine and he said to me, he's like, the difference between a successful entrepreneur and a, and a, and a drug addict and a homeless person or unhoused is very little. You talked about earlier, Andy, like you just had, you learn how to channel the addiction into a positive instead of a negative. And I'll never forget that. 
So for me, I almost had to create a lot of this structure to protect myself, protect the people around me from me and, and use that as a, almost like a forcing function to refine. Right. So that my default now didn't become that and like restructure my myelin. Like, it's funny. Cause like I used to have severe ADHD. I was on medication for 20 years and now I don't, and I haven't done a test, but I don't know if I have it anymore. So I think like, I think there is the ability to re reprogram our mind, especially if you're diligent about it, especially have intention, intentionality about it. And you, you create that, you create these new neural pathways, right? So that's what JFDI is for me. It's like, you know, never forgetting the things that made you successful, but also understand what the downside is. And, and, you know, the one thing is, it's like when something resonates with my soul, I just look at it as like, you know, God speaking to me and saying like, I, that's the path, right? It's like, and we see it all the time. We're like sitting next to somebody and something pulls on your heart and says like, you should say hi to that person. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. why would I, I, I sat next to people all day, but not, for some reason, I feel like I should say hi to this person, like do it and just keep pulling on those strings. And I think that's, that's where magic happens. That's where you feel like, okay, how did this all come together? Cause this doesn't make sense. I had this vision for my life and now it happened. It didn't happen the way I thought it happened, but I'm living this vision craziness. Yeah, absolutely. So the other thing that, uh, the other reason why I really enjoy like watching what you're doing, seeing what you're doing is you're always positive and people are always gravitate to positive people. Um, you know, for me last few years, been a big struggle for me for like mindset. So that's what I keep coming back to is, um, you know, language, right? Language is such a big determination, especially your internal, uh, speak on, you know, how, not, not only like how your day is going to go, but how your relationships are going to go, how your business is going to go, all these different things. You know, if you, if you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh shit, it's 6am, my stupid alarm went on. I got to get out of bed. It's a little cold. And, you know, you just start like flipping through all the negative things and your day is going to end up that way because you're starting on that wrong foot. So one of the other things that I think that you do really well, and, um, you know, I don't know about if you talk about this at all in the book, I assume you do, because you, you there's a lot of the stuff you, you cover is, is with this is, you know, uh, in terms of business in the business world, po poverty language and prosperity language. Right. And I just watched a video. I think you might've put it up recently. That was like, you, you talk about, you know, even writing out your goals for the year, instead of like, I want to achieve X, Y, and Z, you said, I'm going to achieve, like you're, you're already putting that intention in the language. Um, when you put it's that out, yeah, possession, it's actually, I have like, it's, 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 the, I already have this, like, you got to write it as if it already exists. Right. You're, 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 you know, I'm a big fan of like, you know, spirituality in the universe and like, uh, you know, probably what most people consider woo woo, but like, it's just real. I'm not going to even defend it anymore. Like energy is real. If you don't believe that you're silly, you got, you got some levels of self-actualizations to go up on and the, the metachlorines, right? The metachlorines are real. I yeah. Agree. And, <laughs> and, but, but what happens is your mind thinks and executes in pictures, right? Like there's real science. The very simple one is you have this thing called the reticular activating system. That is the filtering of all the sensory, right? Like most people don't realize that you, if you accepted all the sensors going off in your space, um, you would have a religious experience. If that thing went away, it would feel like the ultimate oneness because, you know, people don't realize like how much light and information and sound and noise that your brain is actually processing. So what happens is your brain uses imagery 
to like set priorities of what's important to you. So when you, when you use these possessive statements of like, I have $10 million in my bank account, it's not, I will, it's, it's your brain visualizes $10 million bank. You literally will, if I say that, Andy, I don't know what bank you use, but you'll go to your chase or your RBC or whatever country you're in. And you'll like visualize a $10 million balance in there and all the zeros. And like, if you do that, then all of a sudden your, your, your retrieval activating system looks, the RAS looks for opportunities in your day and your decisions and your to-do list that align with that. Right. And it's literally almost like a filtering and a ranking process that's starting to happen automatically. Right. If I, if you know, it's a lot of people, if they're like about to buy a, a new red civic uh, or whatever, or some car, all of a sudden now they see them everywhere. Well, they were always there. You just didn't have your RAS focused on it. Right. So when you start getting crystal clear in imagery, visualizing that future, and here's a cool one for people if you want to get even nerdy on this stuff. Anxiety is based on a low energy forecast of a future that never happened. Depression is based on a low energy history that, that, that just isn't true anymore. And fulfillment only happens when your daily actions align with the vision that you've set for your life. And when you don't have that, that's when you're not happy. So if somebody wants to get from a depressive anxiety, self-limiting belief state and, and amplify that, just start doing the things that you know your higher version of yourself in the future would be doing today, right? And if that's showing up on time and making those calls and going to the gym and reading the book and you know feeding your mind positivity and saying no to a friend for that weekend barbecue invite because you know that nothing good is going to come from it like when you start acting today aligned with that future person you know you could become your emotions completely change you you literally vibrate at a different level yeah absolutely so the so what somebody just told me recently is one of the things that they did was is they like knew that they wanted like a, a you know a tesla or whatever the car was and they said what they did was is they went to the dealer and sat in the car yeah and that sounds like silly to people but exactly what you're saying is they sat in the car and they visualized okay this is me you know close their eyes like okay this is me driving this car right so i i, I think that that's not silly. Know, if, again if people think that's silly that's crazy that is exactly how you should do it here I'm going to, you want to know like next level, next level. I want to, I want to teach shit people. Nobody's ever heard of. Okay. My password was my physical body. Like literally I wrote the password to my laptop of what I would weigh in my body fat percentage in my strengths. Okay. My VO two max, it was part of the password. Okay. So when you start adding it to activities, you may do a dozen times a day, when you visit the place, like you said, go another level further. Don't watch YouTube videos unless it's about Tesla reviews and Tesla reviews and Tesla owners and Tesla people and Tesla communities and Tesla and go to the Tesla meetups and go find the local people that own Teslas and make friends with those people. Like take it to that level, right? You know, I'm doing a lot more private aviation and is it a surprise that most of my friends now own their own jet? No, it's because I made that part of a decision, to like bring that into my life and, and, and be around it and get comfortable with it and ask the questions that I just wasn't clear on to program my mind, to find opportunities to get those outcomes. Right. One recently, my buddy Keith, I was with him two weeks ago and he's always wanted a Lamborghini. 
and he just financially just never made sense. He's, he's doing really well, but it's just like, you know, he's got kids and a family and just, and I just told him, I was like, keep putting it out there. Keep putting it out there. Like you're, you've got a Lamborghini mindset, like just like be there, own it, blah, blah, blah. Crazy story. This guy, I think his name's like Lambo dad on Instagram. I don't want to call him out. Cause he might get a bunch of messages, but this guy on Instagram was following my buddy, loved his content and wanted his car in California where my buddy lived and offered to ship the car there so he could keep in his garage so that when he was in town, he could use it there and said he could use it anytime he wants. Oh my gosh, and I share crazy. this, I share this because people confuse the outcome with the effort. They focus on the what, and then they get stopped by the how. And I'm telling you, go to that place, allow yourself to dream. I talk about it in the book, it's, it's chapter 13, 10X vision map. Allow yourself to have a 10X vision for your life in all areas and be okay that if you hold that truth, because I really think, you know, when people talk about manifestation or whatever, it, again, I'm not, not, you know, I'm not going to discuss, you have to take massive action, like hundred percent, but here's what manifestation truly means. At what degree out of a hundred do I believe? And to what degree out of a hundred minutes per day, was I able to hold that truth of a future at a 10 out of 10. So let me explain that 10 out of 10 belief. Like, do you truly believe this Un like certainty to a level? Like it will a hundred percent happen. I don't care about the timeline. It will happen. I'm willing to do the work. It will eventually happen. I will make it happen. Are you a 10 out of 10? And then every minute of the day, if I asked you, were you able to hold that belief at a 10 out of 10 to the degree that you make those two elements 10 out of 10 in your day is the speed you're going to pull that forward into your life. And I'm sure you've never heard that from anybody. Oh, that, 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 that's absolutely epic. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the things that, that I've done recently, which has made a, a big impact is something as simple as curating my, my YouTube uh viewing, right? So now instead of, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people who get sucked into politics, right? And it's just, it's rotten. It's so rotten. And I, I just have to like purge myself of that. So now my playlists are, you know, people like you and then, and then people like Eric Thomas, and it's all, it's all positivity. It's all pushing me in the right direction at night. When my wife and I sit down, you know, it's rare that we ever put on any type of entertainment. Now it's, it's, you know, it's mindset. It's all these things. Um, and another thing is it came back to something you had, I had watched from you years ago that was, you know, you said garbage in garbage out, right? Like if you're watching all this garbage, you're flipping through TikTok and seeing all these girls with their booties shaking, like, you know, great. You're, you're, you're numbing yourself for that 15 minutes to, to cure yourself from this perceived boredom, which doesn't exist. If you actually had a goal, had some plans, had some intention on your day, had a stack calendar, you know, then you're not going to do those things. So I absolutely love that. One last thing before I hand it back to, or hand it over to Amy real quick is uh, aviation. It's so funny, Dan, because the more I learn about you, the more I laugh because I was an air traffic controller for 13 years. I built all my software stuff in the Bay area, you know, till uh, for uh, doing it and, and, and mood lighting and stuff. But it, it's funny how, I think a lot of, uh, a, a lot of, uh, maybe age wise too, we're, we're similar in age. It's just, it's, it's a crazy curious journey. Yeah. On the, uh, the consumption and, and I actually think social media is a beautiful platform. If you curate, right? Like my social feeds are awesome. Like pure gold, like motivational, inspirational, just 
incredible stuff, all platforms, TikTok, Instagram, et cetera. And to the point where like a long time ago, probably 10 or nine or 11 years ago, I had to uh, politely ask my family members that when they come into my home, that there's no conversations about the news. There's only conversations about things you're currently working on or things or ideas about the future that you want to work on that's exciting you. Anything that sounds like the news is kindly requested to not. We had, we had a sign when you walked into our house uh, that I probably should put back up uh, and said, I got it from Oprah. She says, you're responsible for the energy you bring into my home. And people understood where I was showing up. And if you, if you tried to show up with that kind of like crappy attitude and behavior, it was just a politely like, Hey, you got to go reset. And when you're ready, you can come back, but I'm just not going to have it. Like I have, I have probably to a fault, Andy, like, I don't know about other people, but like, I have no, I have no, um, my candidness level is pretty high. My need for being accepted is like zero. I don't care. I just understand what I need and what, I can, and the people I love, what I want to create for them. And if people show up without that, I, I'm very like, I understand, right? I'm not upset about it, but I'm not going to accept it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, just what one, just to follow up on that. So one of my favorite quotes, which is, it goes right around that line is Dr. Seuss, right? It's like, uh, be who, be who you are, say who you feel, because those who don't mind uh, don't matter and those who matter don't mind, right? I feel like Booyah. that's exactly, I'm the exact same way. Unfortunately, I have kind of a potty mind, so, you know, I get in trouble for that, but you know what? It comes with the territory. Better to be real. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And everything, you know, I, I was just messaging Andy while you were talking. I was like, I love this soapbox. We could stay on this soapbox all day. And, you know, want to add just um, how important it is to that your heart is connected to those manif manifestations, because when the heart and mind are connected, man, it's powerful. I love it. So we have a question for you, Dan. What would you say is your superpower? I think the thing that I just have an innate ability for is to process a lot of information and then restructure in a way that other people can understand. Right. And I think there's a lot of people in the world that have that, but just like, you know, I'm able to like consume multiple books and like, and, and I'm like a, I'm a self-help junkie. Like I've, I spent probably $300,000 last year on just personal development and like, you know, uh, courses, I buy everything like black, like whatever, just buy it, put it in the login and eventually I'll process it. And, uh, but what I do is I like take that and I like put it, like you said, into my words in a structure that makes sense. And usually I try to find ways to make it mnemonic and like repeatable and like easy to understand. Um, and, and I think that came from just like building software, like talking to clients and trying to reverse engineer their needs and, and like create the data structure and the presentation layer and all these things. It's like, it's just one of the things that I do incredibly well. And, and, and retention, like my dad always says, like, how do you remember all this stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. I think it's just cause I absolutely love it and I care about people. And I know that if I can remember it, I can add a lot of value to people's lives. So like, there's a part of the, the, I really care. So I pay attention when I hear and read and understand stuff and I write it down and I like have structure for recall and like try to, to, to lock it in that, um, that I just, I put into a process. 
I love that. Yeah. I'm the same way with self-help stuff. You know, I, I just went to my first Tony Robbins UPW and I bought everything and then paid more yes. for in-person stuff. And I was like, and people are like, well, you know, I was there with a couple friends and they were like, you know, wow, you, you bought everything. I was like, yeah, I'm investing in me. I, I can bring way more value. You know, I, I never have regretted that. Not once have I ever regretted investing in me. So uh, I, I love that. It's so powerful. That's beautiful. You cannot go wrong with Tony Robbins, like world-class <laughs> guy's been doing it for 40 years, consistent. Like everybody should be inspired by the amount of value that humans brought to the world. It's just, it's beautiful. For sure. All right, Dan. Well, we would love to keep you for another hour, but we promise to only keep you for an hour. So just to wrap it up here, uh, we always try to end with some fun stuff. So one of the things I would love to know is if you could have lunch with any of these three Canadians, which one would you pick? Would it be Jordan Peterson, <laughs> Seth Rogen, or Ryan Reynolds? Those are all very tough. Wow. I'm tossed up between Jordan Peterson and Ryan Reynolds. I would probably take Ryan Reynolds. That's uh, a good choice. I think I'd agree with you there. I love Jordan Peterson, but he's a little heavy. I don't I can know if read, I can take that. Yeah, I lunch. can read his <laughs> thoughts. Ryan, I'd want to double click on some of the stuff I'm watching to understand his thinking. What's cool is he just spun up that like that like digital marketing. I mean, he's doing a, he's an no, amazing no, no. entrepreneur. He's clever. Yeah. He's he's the he's yeah. on the same path as The Rock and and others. So like it's super he's clever. Awesome. Yeah, and then he he had that aviation gin and all that. Yeah, he's good stuff. All right, so um, a couple of things is where can people find you? Yeah, so if you want to buy the book, buybackyourtime.com. Go there. I redirect you. It's on all the different places. I would just ask one thing. If I've ever created value for you and you read the book, can you please leave me a review? Amazon, like it, that is the game changer for me. I'm starting a movement. I want to create a snowball and it requires support. And that's the best thing you could ever do if I've ever done anything for you and you're listening to this. Um, and then danmartel.com, tools of Martel, if you want to like learn about, you know, SAS Academy or coaching or investing or be redirected to all my different socials, but I'm Dan Martel on most socials, but yeah, buybackyourtime.com is my passion project for the world. Love it, Danny. So excited Thank to read you it. so much. All right. Well, uh, everybody listen to the podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please rate, review, subscribe, share it out. You're definitely going to want to share this episode. If you haven't seen some of the other great people that we've had on, uh, go in and do some search. Dan is definitely, uh, I think I'm going to give uh, Dan the top three, if not the top spot on people we've had on. So Dan, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. You've been a major influence it's an honor, in my Andy. life. My, my wife is, uh, my life, my wife <laughs> has been, uh, you know, kind of uh, going down that trail now too. So really enjoying your, content. what's her name? You don't, uh, Molly. Tell Molly, I said, hi, and I would love to meet her someday. Yeah, absolutely. If you're ever in Idaho. So we moved to Idaho from California. We were in the Bay area and we moved, uh, anyway, let yeah. me wrap the podcast up real quick. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. And we'll see you next time on the seller round table. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.